0: Okay, welcome to everybody. This is Doberman Dan Gallapu. Welcome to my very first ever teleseminar. Good to have you on the call. I've got a couple special guests with me that um that it wasn't announced, but um I'm glad to have them on. And uh, and one of them is Ben Settle, and he's uh he's not only an excellent copywriter but he also is uh, the developer of the Cracker Jack selling system. And, um, Ben, what's your – give out a website where people can get more information about that.
1: Uh, the main site would just be bensettle.com, and from there you can find everything else.
0: Okay, bensettle, S-E-T-T-L-E.com. Yeah. And, uh and my my other guest is Caleb Osborne, uh an, another excellent copywriter and also uh, uh a direct response internet entrepreneur. And uh, Caleb, you all on the call?
2: I am here, Dan.
0: Okay. And uh and what's your website?
2: Uh people can go to calebosborneconsulting.com.
0: All right, cool. And uh like I said, the, both these guys are excellent copywriters and uh and direct response uh consultants and entrepreneurs. Um I've I taught them everything they know. Uh that's a lie. <laughs> I'm just lying. I wish I could take credit for the success. But um anyway, thanks for being on the call with me, guys. No problem. Um I remember when uh when I when I went to a, a Gary Halbert seminar, um, he did something which I thought was pretty cool, which I'm going to do on this seminar. But um, there was some anal retentive guy in the crowd who showed up to the seminar with the sales letter that Gary wrote to pr- to, uh, to promote the seminar, and uh, and he went through each bullet point to make sure everything was covered. I'm actually going to. I'm going to do that today. That's how that's how we're going to get started. A little bit of background about me. If you've read any of my articles at DobermanDan.com, you, you probably know a little bit about me. Um, I have I've been in direct response marketing since '95. Been doing it full time since '97. Um, I'm basically a, a serial entrepreneur that uh, stumbled upon direct response marketing and. Uh, and started a mail order business and uh and found guys like Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert and and studied them and then uh just basically pursued Gary Halbert until I had the opportunity to to mentor with him and and work with him one I'm one of uh, I think a handful of people who has been fortunate enough to do that and uh and uh since then I've, I've done freelance copywriting and continued on with uh my entrepreneurial projects and uh and that's why i started dobermandan.com basically i wanted to pass along all the stuff i'd learned along the way and and the stuff i learned from gary halbert to other people in the, the internet marketing and direct response marketing community so that's uh that's my brief background in uh and I'd, I'd really like to get right into to the meat of this because I also – I got a lot of questions from people, and I want to cover as many of those as I possibly can. So if you read the promotion for my teleseminar um, and read some of the bullets, um, I want to go ahead and cover those now so you don't think that I'm cheating you and uh, and just slipping in enticing little bullets just to get you on the call and, and not going to actually cover that information. But um In the promotion, it says, Here's just a small sample of what I will reveal in my free teleseminar. And the first bullet is How to Start a Kitchen Table Direct Response Business for Less Than $200. I actually uh, did an article about that on my website. And uh, I forget which one it actually is now. uh, I think it may say How to Start a Kitchen Table Direct Response Business. (laughs) But it's on the website at dobermandan.com. But this is how this is how I got started in in direct response marketing. Uh, first of all, I, I chose a niche that I understood, and and the reason I did that was because I was already a customer in that niche, and that niche was bodybuilding, and I knew all the hot buttons already because I was a rabid consumer of that niche, and I knew I knew the language. I knew everything about that niche and I figured if I'm going to, you know, be successful at something, I ought to choose a niche that I know something about and also a niche that I would enjoy reading about and creating products for and selling products to that niche. So I, I chose bodybuilding and what I did was I created a self-published manual of uh, about bodybuilding, how... Um, basically how a hard gainer should train to gain muscle mass, because that was my story, the typical ninety-nine pound weakling that couldn't gain any muscle and then figured out how figured out how to do it. And here's how I started and and then the caveat is I'll tell you how how I would do it today. Uh, on the on the article on the website it actually goes into much more detail but this project initially was pretty much a miserable failure. I was trying to sell a manual directly from a classified ad. And then I got some direction and figured out that I needed to do some two-step advertising. So that's how I started. I wrote a, a very short two-step ad, uh, free report reveals how to gain whatever it was, 10 pounds of muscle in eight weeks or 15 pounds of muscle in eight weeks. Called the 800 number for a, a free report. And when the people called for the free report, they got my free report, which was basically a sales letter, a story, um and a sales letter. And um and and, and with a response in the sales letter where they could call or send their money into order. And it, i did it as cheap as I possibly could. I bargained with the magazine and got the price of the ad real cheap. Um I did all the grunt work myself, I transcribed the messages off the voicemail, I hand stuffed the sales letters and hand addressed the envelopes, and my total investment was actually under $200. How I would do that today, I would do the same process, but I would initially test it online with Google AdWords and use Google AdWords to drive people to a website where they could request their free report and the deal would be they they'd have to give me their email address to get the free report and uh and then the the free report would be emailed to them and also a series of follow-up messages to the people who didn't buy um to try to sell them the course and I would constantly tweak the Google ad and constantly tweak the sales letter uh until I I really had that hum, humming along at concert pitch and then I would start rolling out in the magazines, you know, exactly as I did back in '94, '95, and running two-step ads uh, in the magazines, driving them to call an 800 number and uh, to, to send them the sales letter. That's how you can start a kitchen table direct response business for less than 200 bucks. I've done it, and a bunch of other people have done it too, and it works. Uh, the second bullet is how to bootstrap your marketing and still grow your business into a multi-million dollar cash cow. Well, most of the time, I had to bootstrap my marketing because I never had any money to get started, and never had any rich relatives that were willing to finance any of these crazy ideas I had. So, um, you can do that. You can bootstrap your marketing with low cost stuff. Um, some of the some of the online low cost low cost stuff is is Google AdWords, um, uh, posting in forums, become a member of certain forums in that niche and and make posts in there, press releases, um, you can send out articles and post articles. Um, Caleb or Ben, you want to chime in on any of the the low-cost marketing stuff you can do online? Uh,
1: Yeah, Uh, you mean besides what you were just saying, the press releases? Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm starting to dabble a lot with social media, and I'm not by any means an expert at it at all, but I'm finding that you can get a lot of really good word of mouth going, not just to your own website, but if you email something to your list every day, and, and I know that might sound a little like overkill at first, but if you just get in the habit of emailing your list every day, something interesting, and then you can take that and you can put it on, <clears throat> excuse me, easingarticles.com or as many article directories as you can right after you put it on your own web website. So you, you do the email and then you put it on your own website and then you can put it on all the article directories. And what will happen is you'll get a bunch of links like that just for SEO purposes you also get people who are reading your articles and then they'll come back to your site and you can set some of these sites up like easingarticles.com they'll send your a link to your article to Twitter for you on your own account it's all linked up and you can get multiple people coming to see your message whether it be on an article directory or on your website and of course if you've got if you've got a good opt-in process and all that It's just a really cheap way to get people to your website and looking at your sales letters and spending some money
2: with you.
0: Good idea. Good. Caleb, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to add?
2: No, uh, I pretty much just echo everything Ben says. Definitely, uh, you know, blog, get a blog set up, and, uh, you know, build your email list, email your email list. Uh, That's actually something I – uh, the only thing I, I, I differ with Ben is I don't, uh, I don't do the Twitter thing yet. Um, and it's just, just because of my laziness, it's one more thing to do. Um, but definitely blogging, easy articles is the biggest and best, uh, article directory and, uh, build your email list and keep in contact with them, uh, all very low cost ways. It's, it's really great when y- you have something you can do when, uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't got, I don't got money to go buy ads or whatever, you know, and, I was in that position, too, but just knowing you can do something every single day that's going to get you closer to what you're doing, you know, that little stuff adds up.
0: Right, exactly. When, when you don't have money to work with, then, you know, the only thing you got to work with is your time, and you you got to do this this kind of grunt work stuff, and, and some of it may not be, you know, not may not bring super fast results, but, um, you know, builds on itself, and, and from other people, myself included, when I started, that's... The only option I had, you know, I didn't have thousands of dollars for ads. Um, there's some offline stuff that you can do. It's, it's not, it's not as cheap or free as some of the online stuff, but um, it can be affordable, especially if you know how to negotiate with uh, uh, to get ad costs down. But um, uh, two st- ads, like I described in and uh, how I started my my kitchen table uh, business uh classified ads and magazines that cater to your market um postcard mailings it's cheap to mail a postcard uh as a as a way to generate leads and and even direct mail if you do it in bits and pieces which is which I've been forced to do that at times you know you can't drop 5000 letters cuz i don't have the money but you know what i can drop 100 and if that works then drop another 100 and uh and And, as that builds, you just roll your profits into more and more stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, say so you got a lead gen campaign that's working well in one of the magazines with a two step ad. Well, as you start making more and more money, then you can use that same lead generation ad in other magazines and uh like i said it's it's a way to to do the grunt work initially and 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 do it cheap but uh but snowball the profits and and build it up more and more. My, uh, let me see, my third bullet was if you have an online business, I'll reveal how you can double your sales in 59 days or less. And I did an article about that on my website, as a matter of fact. I believe the title is how to double your sales in 59 days or less. And uh, and my secret to doing that (coughs) is uh, direct mail to your list of customers. I'm amazed at how many people in this business don't work their back end at all, which, you know, it took me a while to learn, but your back end is where all your money is. If you're just focusing on the front end, you're just not going to make much money. The easiest sale to make is to someone who's bought from you before. And the best time to make that sale is immediately after they've bought something. And if you don't have... Uh, a direct mail promotion for a back end product going out to your list of buyers at the very least once a month you're just leaving so much money on the table it's it's not even funny uh but it still it still amazes me how many very well known online marketers and really big online businesses for some reason don't get this um you literally can double your sales in, in 59 days by just sending a direct mail promotion out to your list of buyers. And especially if you've got an online business, you're generating sales or customers online. The big secret in Internet marketing is to generate that that initial sale or lead online, but then market to them offline. But you'd be amazed how many people don't do that. I don't understand it. It's it's my biggest secret. Um, I've used that to uh, to, to create mir- miraculous turnarounds in a very short period of time. So I highly recommend that. My fourth bullet, which is the most important thing you're going to learn this evening, I want to cover at the end of the call. It says the most important thing you must master if you want to make the big bucks taken me 19 years and numerous catastrophic failures to discover this jealously guarded gem. And none of the marketing gurus are revealing it. Not a one. They're all using it. They're just not sharing it with you. Discover this and enjoy success beyond your wildest imagination. And sorry, you're going to have to wait to the end of the call for that because it's, it's the most important lesson you're going to learn. And, and uh, I want to cover some of the other stuff before I uh, really let loose with that one. The fifth bullet, how to find hot markets, folks with money burning a hole in their pocket, starving for your products, and how to identify and develop exactly what kind of products these people want to buy. That is a question I got uh, a bunch for this teleseminar, so I'm going to go ahead and answer that. Um, I'm going to tell you how I do it, and this is how Gary Halbert taught me to do it. Gary Halbert literally took me by the hand and showed me how to do this. And uh and none of it's done online. Now I do I do still use some online tools to to do market research. Um Caleb, do you know, or Ben, do you know Yahoo used to have a search tool that it showed you like if say you search for um Whatever motorcycle helmets. It would show you how many people the previous month were searching by that by that term. Do they still have that tool available?
1: I know they have that for Google. Um, Yeah. I don't know about Yahoo, but I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But
0: okay, but but, but the Overture
2: tool is gone, but uh, Google's tool is actually pretty better too.
0: Okay, Google's a better one when we when we used to use that Overture tool, which was then a Yahoo tool. For example, if it told you 1,000 people were searching uh, a month for your keyword, that was just on Yahoo search. You could usually like triple that or more, uh, the amount of people searching for that on Google. Um, I, d- I use forums. I go into forums, become members of forums occasionally. Google. Amazon.com is a great resource for that. Um, looking up certain software products or books. It'll tell you what sales rank they are. Um, uh, another one that I use a lot is the SRDS, Interrate and Data Service, which you can get a membership at SRDS.com. It it shows you all the lists, direct mail lists that are available for rent. So you'll find out, like, um, say it's a weight loss list. You'll find out how many people are on the list, what product? What what products these people bought? The average unit of sale, uh, hotline names. How many names are coming in a month? So you can pretty much get a good idea how much product they're selling every month, how many new customers are getting every month, and it's a, it's a good way to to look at certain markets. And using the SRDS, you're looking at um, as long as you're looking at buyers list, you're looking at people who've who've bought a product. So you're finding markets where there already is a proven demand. Um, So that's a really valuable resource. I recommend uh, you get a membership to SRDS and use that for your product research. But here's the method that Gary Halbert taught me, which I love. And that is basically taking a couple hours and going to the bookstore because, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but we Americans spend like... Last I looked, it was over thirty billion dollars, with a B, every year on books and magazines. And so when you so when you walk into like a Borders, you're looking at somewhere around, you know, a chain that moves about four billion dollars worth of books and magazines a year. And, and apparently Barnes and Noble and B Dalton does even about five percent better than that. So you walk in there and you are in marketing heaven. You're in the presence of about 200,000 titles and you're looking at millions upon millions of dollars of marketing research because to sell a book, these people got, they have to get your, the AIDA, the Attention, Interest, Desire, Action, in a a single moment in a space that will fit on the size of a book jacket. And... uh, and if it's a magazine, it's basically the space, of the, the top third of the magazine. So these book marketers and magazine people do millions of dollars worth of research and marketing research to figure out how to sell their stuff. And, and when you consider a, like a weekly publication like the National Enquirer, these guys have to come up with a different way to, to capture the maximum number of 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 buyers, every single week. So the the amount of research they've done is is staggering, and you that's a multi million dollar marketing lesson right there. And um, it's it's also a great copywriting lesson when you go through and start looking at titles and, and fascinations or bullet points. Um, these people, especially for magazines like the National Enquirer. They have some of the highest paid writers in the world because these guys have figured out how to move these magazines. And so um, that's where I go to research, um, not only research markets and figuring out where to sell products and what kind of products to sell, but also copywriting research too, figuring out you know, what the market responds to, looking at magazine covers, um, looking at, for designs, colors they use. I, I I had the good fortune of meeting one of my childhood heroes. I, I started bodybuilding when I, I guess it was like 15, and every month I'd I'd run to the the local bookstore and pick up a copy of Muscle Mag International, and uh, founded by by Bob Kennedy. And a few years back, I had the good fortune to meet him. And not only meet him, but actually work for him, write some copy for him. And I, I've always tried to pick his brains about magazine marketing because it's amazing to me. Every every few years, he'll usually redesign the look of muscle mag because what people respond to um, sometimes changes from year to year. And uh, and these guys, like I said, literally invest millions in uh in, in figuring out how to sell these magazines. I mean they got a, a just a couple seconds to grab your attention and very little space to do it. So that is my big secret um for for product research. If you go to the bookstore and you see there's a magazine um in your niche. You're researching a niche that you think you might want to sell a product in. Um whatever that is, I'm just going to pick something at random. Let's say uh pocket knives. And you go to the bookstore, and you see there's a magazine on pocket knives. The simple fact that there's a magazine um, in that niche is is quite a lot of proof that, there's, uh, that that's a strong enough niche to support a magazine, and that's a pretty good niche to be selling products in. When you see multiple magazines uh, servicing that niche, then you know you've got a very hot niche. And I, I get every single magazine I can get my hands on in that particular niche and just tear that thing apart. I look at what's on the cover, uh, any bullets or fascinations they're using, actually layout and design and colors, and, uh, and ads that are in there too. If there, There's going to be a lot of probably crappy kind of uh, image ads, but if you see uh, a lot of direct response ads – then you know that that is definitely a hot market. That is my big secret for for product research. Um, and that's, to be honest with you, that's where I actually recommend you start before you even go online. Go to a big bookstore, or Barnes & Nobles, or, or B. Dalton or any of those, and do your research there first. And, uh, and buy whatever books, you know, that are real hot in that market or, or magazines, Focus on that niche and bring them home and just tear them apart. Analyze the the copy they use, the headlines. Analyze the ads in there, and that's how I recommend you find uh, hot markets. After you do that, that's when I come home. Do your online stuff. Check out Google and and Amazon and SRDS.com. dot com. Um, anything Ben or Caleb, you want to add anything to that that you guys do?
1: Well, a couple. Years ago, this is—I'm not going to say this is the best way to do it. It's certainly not. Uh, this is kind of a fast way of doing it, actually. Um, a couple of years ago, I was looking for a niche to go into besides just talking to copywriters all the time, and I made my little list of things I'm interested in and all that, like we're all supposed to do. And I, I just—I went to Google News and I typed in different phrases, things I'm interested in, and uh, to see just how many news articles there are about certain topics. In this case, I've Chose the topic of dogs, and I, there were just a ton of news articles about dogs. And here's why this was important: is because all these news articles were talking about problems related to dogs, like you know people leaving their dogs in their cars in the summer, and you know training problems, and you know vicious dog bites people, and you know how do they, what do the trainers you know say to do? What does the trainer say to do if a dog's overheated? I mean, all these tips and stuff are in these news articles. And so not only did I find a niche that was pretty big and everything, but I already knew it was big. But the thing is, is that all the market's hot buttons were contained in all these news stories, which, you know, the news people get paid to find out what people are scared of and what they're doing, because that's what they do. They try to keep people scared all the time. So you have all these problems in a niche just handed to you on a silver platter. And I just wrote the book right out of the news articles. I just picked those topics and then, you know, wrote my own, did my own research and the problems. But it was all laid out for me, and I didn't have to do a whole lot of research on it. I just kind of went article by article. Okay, this has been in a lot of articles, this exact topic, so I'll pick that. That will be Chapter 1. Here's one that's in a whole bunch of news articles on Google, Chapter 2. And I just went through like that, you know, high vet bills, whatever. And I think you could do this with any topical type of market.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. All right. Next Next bullet point: How to use proven systems to generate hundreds or thousands of pre-qualified leads every day. Um, well, that it was is pretty easy. Google AdWords, um, squeeze pages. If you know what a squeeze page is, it's uh, basically a way to get somebody's email address by offering them some kind of information in exchange for their email. Um, offering free reports. Uh, one way I really like to use to get a higher qualified lead is is offering paid reports. Um, basically, use a lead generation piece either offline um, in a space ad or direct mail or online, and uh, and you offer your refor- report, but you make you have to make them or you or you make them pay for it, um, even if it's just a couple bucks it weeds out all what I call the moochers, the freebie seekers, and if somebody's willing to pay for that report, you have uh in most cases a much higher quality prospect. And um to offline stuff, two-step ads, uh lead gen ads, um you know, uh free report reveals, um, the the most important question you should ask before you ever hire a a, a plumber. I'm just making this (laughs) up as they go along. Um, You know, stuff like that. Uh, Same thing, lead gen and direct mail and postcards, auto responders. All these things, once they're working, you know, they can pretty much be put on autopilot. So you've got uh, a series of leads coming in every day. Number seven, this is a question I probably got ten different times. Uh, in in response to my my, uh, asking for questions for this teleseminar, if If I had to start all over again today with no money, no experience in copywriting, here's exactly how I would do it. Uh, Let me tell you a little story. I've been playing guitar for years. I'm self-taught. I actually started when I was seven. So let me see. That means I've been playing for like um, 20 years now. That's a lie. It's way longer than 20 years, but uh, it's none of your business. Anywho, uh, I've been playing a long time, um, and a few years back, I decided I wanted to learn jazz. Jazz is way more difficult than playing rock, because you really have to understand some some pretty complicated stuff about harmony. And so I started buying all kinds of courses, um, I, I paid for some private lessons with some guys. Uh, I went to some seminars with some guys from Musicians Institute of Technology, a real, uh, and music school. Um, I, I went, I bought more and more courses. I practiced. I just couldn't get it. Uh, it just wasn't working. Um, you know, I was, I was learning some of the theory, but it just wasn't coming out my playing. I still just couldn't play jazz hardly at all. And finally, I found this uh, teacher not far from here in Tampa, a guy named LaRue Nicholson, who's one of the best jazz guitarists in the world. He actually has won an an international competition uh, for jazz guitar. So I I pay for a private lesson, and I go down there, and he's asking me what's going on. I said, I want to learn to play jazz. I've bought every course in the world. I've studied them. I can't – You know, I get the theory, but it ain't coming out in my playing, so – And so he says, let me show you something. And he goes, this is probably the only lesson you're ever going to need from me. You don't even need to come back. Uh, He goes to his closet, and he gets up this big, thick, thicker than a telephone book, three-ring binder. And he tosses it down on a table. When he opens it up, he goes, this is my transcription book. He goes, any time I've heard a lick on a recording that I like, I transcribe it. What he means by transcribing it, he learns he learns the lick, note for note, the exact phrasing, exactly how the guy played it, the, dyna- the dynamics of how he played it, and he transcribes it. You know, listening, listening to that that lick, you know, time after time after time, getting it a note at a time, and then learning it on the guitar and writing it down. He says, you need to start keeping a transcription book. Anytime you hear something you like. You know, or you especially you hear a lick from a highly successful player like Coltrane or you know, one of these guitarists I like like Pat Martino or Mike Stern, you need to transcribe that lick. So I started doing that. And an amazing thing happened. What the years of theory and 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 book learning uh that didn't help me at all, after I started transcribing this stuff, all of a sudden I'm playing jazz and I'm getting more and more fluent. And, uh, and I got to thinking about it I thought, you know, I don't necessarily understand some of the stuff that I'm playing. I don't necessarily understand the harmony or the theory behind it. Um, then after I learned it and was actually playing music is when I went back and studied the theory behind it and figured out, oh, okay, I, what I'm doing is I'm playing a, a major seventh arpeggio up a third, uh, over over a minor seventh chord, and it gives me these, uh, you know, these chord tones. I get the ninth, the eleventh, this and that. So after I was already playing jazz, is when I uh, figured out the theory. And I think I think you see where I'm going here. If I were to start over, what I would do is I would get my hands on um, some controls, winning copy. You know, it's it's been blockbuster successes. Stuff by Clayton Makepeace. John Carlton, Gary Howard, uh I don't mean to leave anybody out, but those are the first three that came to mind and I would exactly like Gary Howard said, I'd start writing that stuff out by hand, and I know it's grunt work and it's not fun, it's not sexy, and it's not exciting, but um that's what I do to to learn um to kind of get that ingrained in your brain the words they use the the rhythm they use the uh you know exactly how they write copy i'd write that stuff out um by hand and and you know just like transcribing a guitar lick and then i'd start using that stuff uh in my own copywriting like if john carlton used uh you know a bullet like the the secret i learned from uh a one armed blind golfer that allowed me to hit a golf ball you know farther than a howitzer or cannon you know i would I would take the gist of that wouldn't copy it word for word, but I' take the spirit of that and and adapt that to whatever I'm particularly writing about. I think you get what I'm getting at here if you're writing about um if you're writing about dog training, you're right, you know the the secret I learned. From a deaf dog trainer, uh, you know, to get a dog to listen to you and do exactly what you want every single time. Does that kind of make sense? Um, ben or Caleb, you guys are both excellent copywriters. How would you answer that question if you had to start all over today? Um, and uh, what, what would you do? uh... To learn copywriting, you got no experience and no money.
1: Um, <clears throat> well, I would do exactly what you said, and it is what I did. Is I copied everything out I could get my hands on by Gary Halbert by hand, and I did it over and over and over. I get up in the morning, I would do it. I'd, I, at the time, I was working a second shift job, and I just I found some time. I just happened to have a job where I could actually. I had five ten, sometimes an hour, five ten minutes or an hour. Of nothing to do. I was duplicating videos all day, and I would actually sit there and just copy out ads by hand and but but the thing is is then what I didn't do, what I would do now, as far as getting started actually monetizing it is I would have found out who's already hiring copywriters. there's marketers out there who just have projects coming out of their ears and they they need writers, and I would have contacted them and I would have just you know, been relentless about that, and at the same time, I would have did some projects for straight commission. I mean, I know I'm not going to get paid anything for most people when you do straight commission, but it, you know, you might. But the point is, you want to get something in your portfolio that you actually did. And if you're copying out ads by the best people, you're going to you're going to write some pretty good ads. I mean, you may not be the best in the world, but you'll be writing some good ads, enough to impress probably someone who will pay you sooner than later. So that's why I would have
0: did it. Yeah, good point. Caleb?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great – that's just the best tip. Uh, I, I think people have probably heard that, but maybe they just haven't done it. Um, <laughs> I know that – I'll tell you this. I, I started my copywriting career, and I didn't read any how-to books on how to write copy. Uh, I I did exactly that. I saw lots of sales letters uh, you know, I started reading. There's so much free information online. The, the Gary Halbert letter is just, just a plethora of ridiculously uh, profitable information that's there. Uh, ben Settle's website is awesome, too. Uh, definitely Clayton Makepeace. That guy just gives away the farm. And uh, there's just so much stuff out there now for free that, um, you know, the mechanics and the theory and all that stuff is just readily available. And what you can't get there um I'll let everybody in on a secret i I built my my whole copywriting business uh with at the library basically for the first year i I just walked to the library it was you know not more than a mile away from my house and uh you know you got free internet at the library um if you got a laptop which you can get cheaply, you can use it there, and just every copywriting book you want is either there already. Or uh, if you can't find it there, you can get an inter, uh, library loan. You're not going to be able to get the fancy pants, you know, uh, home study courses or anything like that. But, you know, all the, the good books, the classics are there. Um, and e- e- I'll be honest with you, even today I haven't read all the classics. Um, I've read, uh, you know, some important ones and they help. But this is all after just uh, paying attention to what lands in either your mailbox or your inbox or that you see the successful direct response companies doing. And some, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, like uh, Dan was saying, going to the, going to the bookstore and seeing what's selling, seeing the big magazines, and paying attention to what's actually moving, uh, you know, magazines on the shelf, and then combining that with what you're, you're reading from these free resources online about the mechanics of how to write copy, and then yeah, just start, just start writing out uh, sales letters by hand. And you'll just be surprised how, uh, like Dan said, it just it gets in. It, you you learn the rhythms of it. It's almost like it gets in your nervous system. You know how to put a sales pitch down the paper. Um, so that's that's pretty much the best tip I can say. And someone said it. Uh, the biggest, the best way to get better at writing is writers write. You know, and uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about before. If if you want some low cost ways to get started, you know, starting a blog, doing articles and things like that. Like, if, uh, if that's what I would do um, if I had it over to, to do over again, yes, you know, so I got into the habit of where I was like, well, I don't want to do this because it's going to take too long. You know, I want overnight success or whatever. But uh, a lot of times there's little daily actions that are going to add up over the long term. And, like, uh, Ben's been really good about it. If you pay attention to him, he, his whole website is a blog with just, you know, hundreds of articles. Uh, he's written articles since, uh, I think I met Ben, like, two or three years ago, back when I first got started. And, uh, you know, he's just always been pumping out articles. And that right there is, you know, practice for your sales letters. Everything that you produce is practice for your sales letters. And if you're writing out these uh, sales letters by hand, then you're going to get that same rhythm uh, that comes to writing good, effective sales copy. You're going to put all that into your articles. And people will notice, you know, people uh, will uh, pick that up and you'll you'll just be uh, all the better for it.
1: You know, That's just, just That's... to piggyback on, on something Caleb said, um, if you're... One really good way to get good at this, in addition to handwriting stuff out by hand, is to write articles every day in copywriting form. I mean, persuade somebody to click a link at the end, and it's just practice, practice, practice. And to add more to it, as you're doing these every day, like I said, if you just did one a day or five a week. Within a couple months, you have a book written. And now you have something you can hand people and say, hey – I'm a copywriter, you know. Even if you've never had a client, look, you just produced all this writing and it's good, and it, it just—it really helps.
2: That's such that's a million-dollar tip right there. Yeah, because uh, that's something I did uh, in one of the niche, uh, niches I was in. The easy way to do this is to get a blog, uh, start writing one article a day, just like Ben said. Not even every day, like every weekday. You know, just make it a part of your routine. You get up in the morning, you do it, or when you go to bed, or whenever you get that extra time that you're not working your nine-to-five. And if you, if you kind of map out, like, an outline of a book that you want to write, you know, in no time at all, a couple months, two, three months, you know, you're going to have a book. And then, if, especially if, like, you're a copywriter and you're trying to promote yourself, you know, if you write, uh, like Ben said, and focus on making each little article its own little sales letter that sells itself and, you know, using these techniques as you're learning and just making each article readable, and then at the end of, like, three months you have a book, you're the most respected, you know, how many copywriters that are just getting started have written a book on like copywriting? You know, whenever somebody writes a book, you're an expert automatically. That's what you're perceived as. So, you know, you may have a few samples in your, in your sample, your copywriting samples and they're going to be good too. And you do a couple of commission jobs, maybe like Ben was saying, or get somebody to pay you just a couple bucks. Plus you got a book. I mean, you're, you're golden.
1: Two of my best clients, multi-million dollar marketers, um, there was a time when I wasn't getting any work. This was just a few years ago. I just had this dry spell. All I did was I was writing up to five to ten articles a day and just submitting them. I had nothing else to do all day. And um, now those are in a. Uh, they were, they're in and now I have what's called a, it's a free ebook on one of my sites that I give away when people opt in about copywriting. And uh, my point is is that two of my best clients hired me just after reading that. They didn't even care about my portfolio or any of that they didn't even ask anything about any of that stuff they just said man i read your book it just was awesome you know i mean they just loved it and it's just copywriting information you're just demonstrating what you know and you know of course i had ads i could have shown them and i said you want to see some ads no no don't worry about it i can tell just by looking at you know that you know how to write it's it's true there's so many flaky copywriters out there that if you just are responsible and, and actually put out work you will stand out like a sore thumb
0: that is true. That that is true. I mean the the bottom line is writers write. You can you can go to seminars, you can read about it. If you're not writing every day, then you know you're not gonna learn. I'm sorry, you learn by doing it. And uh you know, I I read God knows how many courses about using the melodic minor scale over dominant seventh chords. But you know what? Uh reading forty courses about that is way different than me and actually going out to a gig in front of people and playing a melodic minor scale. You know, I le- you learn by doing. You learn way fa- way faster by doing. So the bad news is, yeah, it's work. You know, you've you got to study those winning promotions. Get your hands on that stuff. Study them like a 14-year-old kid studies Playboy. And start writing them out by hand and set aside time every day to write because that's how you're going to get good at doing it. Um, I, we got to move on. A second, a second part of that question, which uh, well, kind of covers that bullet and the questions I got, was starting over today with no money and experience, and, and, and getting involved in direct in a direct response business or a mail order business. You know, I consider more myself more of kind of like a a direct response o- a entrepreneur than just strictly a copywriter. So. Um, If I were starting over today and I wanted to start a mail-order business or an Internet business, here's what I'd do. I'd I'd find a very hot market um, and and a company that is selling products in that market that that is doing real well, and I'd become a customer of that company. I'd buy their product. I'd study their marketing. I'd study how they marketed to me before the sale, after the sale. I'd study their product and, and find out what's working for them. And then I'd find the holes in their marketing, and I'd find the holes in their product. And I'd develop a product that basically, you know, fills those holes that are in their product, and I would develop marketing that that, that fills the holes in their marketing, and, and I'd start selling in that market. That's the, the fastest way I know, you know, how I would get started again, with no experience and no money. Uh Next bullet point, how to successfully marry offline marketing, online marketing with offline marketing. Gary Albert told me when I, when one of the times when I first talked to him personally on the phone, he asked what I was doing. At that point, I had, had abandoned all my offline marketing uh, and was focusing on online marketing, and he told me what a huge mistake that was. And he, he said, whatever you're making online right now, add a zero onto it, and that's what you could be making if you were doing online marketing. So um, it's it's actually very simple to do. Not necessarily easy, but simple. Uh, test your like I said earlier. Test your process online. Uh, if you're doing a two-step with Google AdWords and the squeeze page and collecting emails, do that. Test that online, and do your tweak in there. Tweak your lead gen ads, your uh, your squeeze pages, your your uh, your autoresponder emails to sell your product get that tweaked and, and performing as as well as it can and that's when you start rolling out offline. In uh in magazines that target your niche space ads, direct mail more than likely there's uh, lists available that you could send direct mail to, you could rent lists. And uh and and then, you know, my big secret again was uh you're generating leads or sales online, you got to market to those people offline via direct mail. And uh, another big secret is about 20% of your customers are responsible for 80% of your sales. So you need to know enough how to segment your list of customers to to kind of call out those 20 percenters. And uh, and I would mail those people at the very least once a month and probably even more often than that. Um, I would focus on those people. You know, mail the rest of your list, too, but the ones you really want to target uh, for back-end promotions um, via direct mail is that 20% list. Next bullet, are you using Google AdWords? Get this wrong, and you'll lose your advertising dollars faster than poop through a duck. I actually wanted to use a different word than poop, but I was kind of worried about offending somebody. But but then I thought, well, I I probably shouldn't worry about offending people when I've already called people shit weasel. On my uh, on my website, so, but there it is faster than poop through a duck. Here's what I've learned about Google AdWords. Um, if you don't know what Google AdWords are, let's say you're selling to the bodybuilding market and you bid on a keyword bodybuilding supplements. That means when somebody on Google is searching searching for bodybuilding supplements, the organic listings come up uh, in the middle of the page. The paid ads come up on the right side of the page, or in many cases, the first top two uh, appear at the very top. Um, What I have discovered, you do not necessarily have to be number one, have a number one or number two position for your keyword. In fact, a lot of times that's a big mistake because you'll pay more. Let's say you're bidding on bodybuilding supplements and you want the number one position. That may mean that you've got to pay $2 per click. In other words, anytime anybody sees your ad and clicks on it, Google just bills you two dollars. But guess what? You can get the number five position or sometimes the number six or seven position and still be on that first page of those search results for a lot less than that. You know, it may be twenty five cents a click as opposed to two bucks a click. And and I found that response is not affected that much. Um when, when you've got the, the number five position as opposed to the number one position. Um, sometimes having the number one position not only is, is, is costly, it's not an advantage. You get more people clicking on that that actually really aren't all that interested. They're just kind of curiosity seekers. And every time somebody clicks on that, you're charged two bucks. So um, I'm not an expert in Google AdWords. I actually know people who are, and I hire them to manage most of my AdWords accounts. But that's uh, that's a big secret I learned about Google AdWords. So um, get your keyword bid so you're showing up as is probably the maybe number five, if possible, or even number six and seven. You're showing not in the top one or two, but you're still showing up in those first pages of results. Okay, next bullet, how to put your business on autopilot so you have the time, freedom to do what you want when you want. Uh, You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I've been doing this uh, since 98. It didn't take me too long after having a mail-order business to figure out that I don't want to do anything uh, involved in the mail-order business (laughs) other than writing copy and developing products. The rest of the stuff is not fun for me. And I figured out uh, way before... um, Who's the guy who wrote the Four Hour Work Week?
1: Timothy Ferris. Yeah,
0: I figured out a long time before Timothy Ferris. Timothy Ferris came out with that book. Um, figured out how to have a four hour work week, and that is farm out everything. Um, the only thing I do are the things that I'm good at, which is uh, researching markets, coming up with new products, and, and writing copy. Everything else, customer service, people answering your phone, you know, the fulfillment, the ship, the packaging, and shipping of the product. Uh, the direct mail, stuff in envelopes and send a direct mail, all that can be farmed out. And, uh, and and you know what? Those people do it for a living, and they do it way better than you could probably do it anyway. And you don't want to do it. It's worth paying somebody to do it. So when you get to the point where you can do that, farm all that stuff out. Uh, otherwise, like I said, I've done my own shipping when I lived in my little apartment, start my mail order business, and and I figured out real fast as it started to grow – I had a job, and not only did I have a job, I, I had more than an eight-hour job, and if I was sick or wanted to take time off, nobody else was going to do that stuff. So farm out everything, practically everything. Next bullet, how to protect yourself and your money from all the money-grubbing commies who will try to steal from you. Um, Gary Halbert did pass along all the secrets to me about this. Um you know, Gary either said in the seminar or wrote on his website that he would share these secrets with somebody if they would meet him down in miami go to the go to the beach with him and and strip down to their uh their swimming trunks and go out in the water with water up to their neck. That's when he would share this stuff and uh, After I wrote that bullet, I regretted putting it in there, but it was too late because I'd already sent the message out um and I'm going to give you a brief overview, but I'm not going to share all the secrets because, well, uh, frankly, mo- this stuff is still legal to do, but the minute you try to protect uh, what you've earned, you're automatically an enemy of the state. And I won't go into details about that, but the bottom line is is own nothing but control everything. And there's a lot of ways to do that, and it is... Still legal to do that the the u s government is making it illegal little by little. You will soon have no privacy about financial affairs whatsoever. Um, but uh Gary told me that everybody thinks they should have you know good credit and and the first thing a lawyer does when they're looking to sue you is they they look up your credit and they're looking for the guy with good credit and a big bank balance, because that's the guy they can suck money out of. But if you have uh, nothing that they can find, you, you, you've got $500 in your bank account, uh, you got bad credit, and you got judgments against you, you're a really poor prospect to sue. So I'll just throw that out there. You can figure out the details. Um, but uh, a book that I'd recommend... You know what? I I I won't ever share any of this stuff on a public forum. Um, I'll only share this with people I know, or if somebody I've been working with for a period of time and I can trust, I'll share this in detail, but unfortunately, I'm sorry I put that in the uh, promotion, because I'm not going to go into the details about this, um, but you can find a lot of them out in a book called How to Be Invisible by J.J. J. Luna. Um and you'll figure out how to make yourself a very unattractive target. That was even one of the questions I got. Some lady said, Her neighbor makes her live her neighbor makes his living by suing people. So you need to you need to make yourself a very unattractive target for a lawsuit. Um, last bullet, how to use direct mail to make wheelbarrows full of cash and how to start as cheaply as possible. Um the big secret to that is mail your own list. Your list of customers. Uh, generate your own list so you don't have to pay a list rental fee. In other words, do some lead gen advertising. Get people raising their hands that say, yes, I'm interested in this topic. Please send me more information. Now, all of a sudden, you got a list of interested prospects. Um, like I talked about earlier, segment your list. Find your top 20% best customers and mail those people frequently. And you probably can't mail them frequently enough, even... Even if it's every week, that's your list that you want to mail as frequently as possible. Um, And as far as, like, starting to use direct mail cheap, when my back was against the wall, I did it myself. I went to the printer, had the letters printed up. I brought things home. I stapled them. uh, Me and my wife folded them, stuffed them in an envelope. I stuck the stamp on. You know, we did 500 at a time, 1,000 at a time. And as the orders came in, we'd roll that money into more stamps. So if you have to start out cheaply, uh, that's the way to do it. Once you start, when you rent a list to test a commercially available list, the minimum number of names you're probably going to have to rent is 5,000. That doesn't mean you have to mail all 5,000. If if you're starting cheap, you may only be able to mail a couple hundred or 500 or 1,000. Well, mail whatever you can mail. Is is the orders start rolling in, roll that money into more stamps and continue to, to mail out that list. I've met a bunch of people who are mail order, direct mail millionaires that became millionaires that way. They learned that exact technique from Gary Halbert. You mail what you can afford to mail, and as the money starts coming in from those orders, you roll that in to, to mailing out more and more. That's my... Uh, that's my secret for using direct mail and doing it cheap. I want to go ahead and get into some of the questions I got because I got some really good ones. I'm not definitely not going to be able to cover them all. Uh, but uh, let me see. Paul, Paul filled them out here. We already covered this part. How do you discover or measure hot starring markets? We covered that. But do you have any specific marketing books that you'd recommend? Um, I guess, you know, the classics are uh, tested advertising methods, uh, my life in advertising, I'm blanking out for some reason. Caleb and Ben will have to jump in on a few of those uh, classic books.
1: Breakthrough Advertising is a good one
2: yeah breakthrough advertising is amazing but i I warn people that i just recently started reading that again and uh when i first got started it it didn't really make sense to me and i couldn't get through it but uh um scientific advertising uh i think you said that my life in advertising
0: um. yeah those are those are all good um breakthrough advertising is really good it's really advanced though um I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend that for a, be, for a beginner. Um, Dan you know, Kennedy this,
2: was a lot of good books. Pardon? Dan Kennedy, uh, like the Ultimate Sales Letter book.
0: And oh, yeah, Ultimate Sales Letter is a great book.
2: Ultimate that was one of I ever marketing.
0: read on uh, copywriting, yeah.
1: And Ultimate mm-hmm. Marketing Plan is a excellent. I mean, anything Dan Kennedy does is really good beginner stuff or advanced stuff. I mean, I still learn stuff from this, but he just really knows how to communicate.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's for sure um lot of valuable information online the gary halbert letter dot com a multi million dollar uh uh education and direct response marketing uh same thing with MakePeaceTotalPackage.com, package dot com one of the best copywriters in the world today revealing everything he knows about direct response marketing um that's that's just a few resources for you there We got another guy who wants to know. Bucky want to know about how to find profitable markets and develop a product that actually delivers on its claims. We'd already kind of covered that. Find your market, find a successful company in that market, buy the product, uh, find the holes in the product, and make a better product. Um, you know, what I thought was interesting about his, his question was, says, how to market and getting rich, biz ops, or starving crowds with excellent margins – that everybody tries to exploit. If you watch what the gurus do and not what they say, how how many people make any money outside of the above mentioned markets? And look at the guru's testimonials. They are all from fellow marketers he probably joint ventured with. And then he says, I wouldn't mind marketing a uh I wouldn't mind marketing a, a bizoff product or get rich product if I actually did it first. Well, how about that? A guy with integrity. I'm so glad to hear that because there's a lot of people in the guru market that can't claim that, and I won't get into that. Uh, here's one from Angel. Well, we already covered this, but he's asking about if I had to start all over again learning copywriting from scratch, which we already talked about. Were you originally a great writer? Or did you work at, work at it? Yeah, it was all work. I wasn't a good writer. Um <laughs> You know, really, copywriting is not so much about writing as it is about selling, and I had to learn how to sell and then, and and how to properly do that in print too. So, yeah, it was it was it's like anything else; it takes some work and study. It wasn't a natural ability. Um, Paul had a question: What would you put in, in a Google AdWords ad? Is it an analogy to a sales letter headline, or something like a USP, or should it contain a specific benefit, or just fire a target audience's curiosity? Um, I've used all of the above, um, but but most of the time, I, I consider a Google AdWords ad just like a, the old-fashioned classifieds. You got very little space. You, you got a headline to grab your attention. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the headline on one of my ads, free bodybuilding book or something like that, and then you have very little copy left to copy the attention. Um, free re- book reveals the secrets to to gaining 10 pounds of muscle in eight weeks or whatever. Um, it's Basically, Google AdWords ad is just, is just a, uh, a classified ad. You can study some of the classic classified ads that have worked for decades and figure out how to write your Google Ads. Caleb, got anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, um, comic, old comic book ads, uh, anything be- before 1990, basically, when they used to use direct response. I'm not saying you should swipe them word for word or anything, but they were forced to get inside your psychology in one or two lines. And we're talking to younger people with much probably shorter attention spans than most people have, and... I mean, you want to buy these stupid things they're selling in just one or two lines, and they're just great little structures for your AdWords.
0: That's a good idea, yeah. If you can get your hands on some of those old comic books or even back issues of, um... oh, crap, I'm forgetting the name of the magazines. What's the science magazine that always had? Popular Popular Mechanics and Popular. Yeah, Popular Mechanics. There you go. Yeah, that's great. The other Um, other
2: thing I was, Oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: No, go ahead. Uh,
2: no, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, like, like Popular Mechanics and those, uh, those kind of have to, some of them are a two-step, and some of them try to sell right from it, though. I would just be wary of sell, trying to sell too much from the Google iWords. Uh, I'd like to kind of invoke a little bit of curiosity hint into the benefit and then uh, get them to click through because, uh, you know, you got unlimited space to do the selling job with your sales letter on your website, and uh, you just kind of want to call-out prospects that might be interested and get them into reading your sales letter, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Good point. You, you don't have enough text or space to, to really sell anything from your Google hours. All you can do is sell them on clicking on it to, to to go get more infram- information about whatever it is you're, you know, trying to promote. Um, Chris asked a question. Gary mentioned in Boron Letters, even when the idea was his, he was... <laughs> to front the testing money and then split the profit. He was also regularly looking for new clients to partner with. Did he prefer this over fully running his own company or did he find it easier with partners? Um, Yeah, the answer is yes. Um, He he much preferred to do that and, and basically come up with the idea and the copy and the product and have somebody handle the business end of things. And after starting numerous businesses myself, uh, I can see the advantage of that, and I'm I'm actually looking for people to do that with too. I have to start a whole new business, accounts. You know, it's it's way easier uh, to find somebody who already has that going, you know, and you'd be the marketing guy coming with the products and the copy, and let them handle the, the business end of it. And that's what Gary preferred to do. Um, you know we got a lot more questions Um, I'm only going to cover one more question because I got that fourth bullet that was the most important thing that I really want to get into But Chuck from Tulsa said I have trouble finding a product that is worth a damn and that you can charge enough to make the finances work well I can relate to that Um, what I'll say about that is it's one of the reasons I like information products. Um, I've been in the information business numerous times in and, and numerous niches, and when you're selling information, you're you're selling, you know, you're selling pieces of paper or a DVD or a CD, which costs nothing, you know, practically to duplicate. But people aren't paying for that; they're paying for the information that those things contain. So. You know, something that costs you four bucks to duplicate, you can uh, mark up to $40 or you can mark up to $400. That's, you know, or Uh, $4,000. You know, Marilyn Monroe in her prime, you know, if she would have given you her telephone number on a dirty bar napkin written in lipstick. You know, you wouldn't give a crap that, well, I'm not going to accept this because I want it written on parchment and a nice plume pen. You know, hell no. You'd be like, all right, this is worth – this is extremely valuable. So people are paying for the information, not, not how it's delivered. That's why I like information products. But also here's a common problem uh, that people make over and over and over again, even experienced business people. If you've got to begin with the end in mind. And what I might mean by that is the back end where you're really going to make your money is the back end. If you're relying on the front end of your business to make money, you're probably going to go broke because it's going to cost you a certain amount of money to get a new customer because of advertising costs. And so in most cases, you'll be extremely lucky to make money on the front end. In other words, when you get a new customer – you're gonna be consider yourself lucky if you just made money getting that customer. If you broke even, you're doing great. Uh say it cost you fifty bucks to get a new customer and uh and 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 they paid fifty bucks, so you're a break even. You got you haven't lost any money, you got a new customer on your list. In many instances, you're actually gonna go, gonna go negative getting a new customer uh you know it's going to cost you 50 bucks 60 bucks to get this customer and he's coming in on a forty dollar product so now all of a sudden you're 10 20 dollars in the negative so how do people make money then in these businesses the back end That's why i've said it time and time again if you're not marketing the, the back-end products and especially you online guys if you're not selling to your existing customers by direct mail you're screwing up because that is where your money is going to come from. And so when you're figuring out a product to sell, you know, you got to begin with the end in mind. You're probably not going to make money on your front-end product. You need to figure out how to use your front-end product to cover your cost of getting the customer. And then figure out what to sell them on the back end to to really make the big bucks. I want to get into now that fourth bullet, which was. One, I said, the most important thing you must master if you want to make the big bucks, and I certainly hope I do this justice because um, this is extremely important. I've never presented this, I've never presented this before in my life to anybody, um, not even my family members, and I feel extremely passionate about this because if you get this and understand this. Uh, I know you will be as wildly successful as you want to be. Um, but since I am quite passionate about this, I'm really going to try to watch my language, but uh, <laughs> a couple of things might slip out. But, uh, you know, just overlook that. I, I'd like to start out by reading a quote, and then you're going to see how this all figures in. And I can't even pronounce this guy's name it's Her- Heraclitus uh from 500 i think it was greek 500 years before christ Eric, Thank you <laughs> You've heard this quote before Yeah, I know, I love this quote. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> here's here's what this guy said. He said of of every 100 men he this he's talking about he's talking about going to war. Of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be here. 80 are nothing but targets. Nine are real fighters. We are lucky to have them. They make the battle. Ah, but the one, one of them is a warrior, and he will bring the others back. I'd, I'd like to tell you about a couple friends of mine. One of them is Gary Howard. Uh, Gary Howard and I had – our backgrounds were so similar, it was almost scary – Uh, Born in the exact same city. Born to the same type of parents. uh, Same type of environment. Uh, Gary was born in Barberton, Ohio. Uh, Very working class, lower middle class, uh, broke-thinking town. Born to broke, poverty-minded parents. Uh, Gary Halbert uh, didn't have any special abilities. Uh, Didn't have any advantages. If anything, in my opinion, he had a whole lot of disadvantages. Uh, When Gary started figuring out he wanted to be in the mail order business, he time after time after time had so many failures, I I can't even remember them. Gary couldn't even remember them all. I asked about them. He told me about some of them, but he couldn't remember them time after time for years Four to five years, every single uh, mail order project he started failed. Uh, There were times where he was sitting in a dark house with no running water, waiting by 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 the mailbox with his wife, waiting for orders to come in because he uses utility money to pay for stamps. So he's waiting for orders to come in so he could pay his utilities, orders that never came in. Gary endured so many failures time after time. You know what after those failures, you know what he did? He went and started a different mail order project, a, a different direct mail uh product. Wrote the copy for it, rented the list, printed the letters, stuffed the letters, mailed them out. Failed again. Sitting in a dark house, figuring out trying to figure out how he's going to feed his family. Time after time after time for five years, but he kept getting up and doing it over and over and over. Well, he finally had a project that kind of worked. Perhaps you've heard about it. It was called the Coat of Arms Letter. It, it, it Now, I believe its record still stands as the most mailed sales letter in the history of direct, direct response marketing. It was a huge, huge huge hit, at at one point he had to have over 40 women on his payroll whose sole job was to take the checks and the money orders out of the envelope and and deposit them in the bank, 40 women. He told me that back in the early 70s when this project hit, he was making approximately $25,000 a day with that project. Now, that's in the early 70s the cost of everything doubles every year. So when you extrapolate that out into today's dollars, it's an ungodly amount of money. That was his first project that ever worked, and it was huge. I'd like to tell you about another friend of mine. His name's Glenn Stalamar. Glenn is a friend and a hero of mine. Uh we met playing in a band, of all things. Um, and uh, Glenn was uh, an Army para- paratrooper. He was in the Airborne. And uh, and also a Medal of Honor winner. One, since, since the U.S. government started giving out the Congressional Medal of Honor, he is one of only a handful of African Americans to win a Congressional Medal of Honor. I don't know how many... But it's only a couple thousand. Um, first of all, there's very few Congressional Medal of Honor winners, and he's one of only a few African Americans. And uh, he won that from his actions in the Panama invasion. A few years ago, Glenn was diagnosed with stage four bone cancer, and uh, they gave him six months to live. And uh, Glenn rejected that, and he rejected the treatment which was chemotherapy. He actually took one course. He said after that he knew that if he continued with the chemotherapy, he definitely would be dead in six months or less. But instead, unfortunately, Glenn's cancer was so advanced and it took so much of a toll on his body, he was not able to continue in his employment. He was pretty much a big shot in the private prison system for juveniles. Um, he was a regional... Uh, director of that and uh, and had to travel a lot and the cancer just uh just didn't permit it anymore so unfortunately he had to leave that job and um nobody will blame him if he stayed in bed and gave up and rolled over but Glenn is a warrior you don't get a congressional medal of honor for not being a warrior Glenn is a warrior so what did he do Glenn got up every day and started focusing on the projects that he wanted to do. The band we were in at the time, he pushed us to a level of success that we probably never would have experienced without him. We got a lot of regional success, airplay on radio stations, uh, headliners at several large regional jazz festivals. Uh, when those guys didn't want to pursue that project anymore, Glenn came up with his own CD started pushing that. He now has uh, national airplay and international airplay, is getting invited to play at some real swanky places like Mandalay Bay and Las Vegas. Um, in addition to that, he's, uh, he's starting his own recording studio, uh, starting a pest control business. Uh, he's got every excuse to quit in the world. And you know what? Nobody will blame him. But he doesn't quit. He gets up every day. And I know when he feels bad. And when he feels bad and says he's not feeling good, that's probably the biggest understatement of the year. Because this guy's a man's man. And when he's not feeling good, he's probably feeling frickin' near death. But you know what he does? He gets up and he starts working and he goes to work and on these projects. The next person I'd like to tell you about is old Doberman Dan here, your host. Um... I had a civil service job that I had started to hate. It was a dead-end job. I knew I would never make much more money than I was already making. Uh, Most of the guys in that job were dead within five years of retirement. First of all, most of them never made it to retirement. Um, They either were disabled, uh, unable to work anymore. Um, The ones that did make it 25 years to retirement were dead in five years or less after that. So I started looking down the road and figuring out, that's not what I want. (laughs) And uh, so I figured out real fast that, uh, well, I didn't have a college education, so I'm not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I figured those were the people making the big bucks. So I had to figure something else out. Well, uh, somebody got me in the Amway business. Uh, Ben and I have a similar story about that. Uh, I did everything I was told. I spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to get that going, and and that just failed time after time after time. Uh, but at least it got me pointed in the right direction. I knew that I needed to be self-employed. Um, at that point, I was a serial entrepreneur. I started pr- I started business after business after business. Uh, all of them pretty much failures, with one semi base hit success, Um, so many that I don't recall them. Uh, A couple failed vending businesses. That sucked uh, because you had to buy the machines. And all of a sudden, I got these vending machines that weren't making any money, but yet I'd had all the money tied up with them. So since it didn't work the first time, I thought maybe it worked the second time. I went in the vending business again with these little fountain Coke dispenser things. It was a nightmare. Uh, It failed. The machine was a nightmare. Uh, Business after business after business failed like that. Um, I I left my job and uh, and had a little bit of income coming in from this other multi-level marketing thing, which failed shortly after that, but it was enough to cover my bills, and I just had to get out of that job. I left my job and got forty thousand dollars in from my pension fund uh that got pissed away on on more failed businesses uh investing in businesses getting' them, getting them started. The forty grand got pissed away to nothing still no success. I had to work jobs I had to get another job uh I got a forty five thousand dollar inheritance when my grandma passed away. same thing started another business numerous businesses those all failed 45 grand pissed away you know i I think maybe a somewhat intelligent person probably would have quit a long time ago and just accepted their fate at the miserable dead-end civil service job you know and saved the money that i pissed away for my pension and for my inheritance i just couldn't do that uh I knew I had to keep fighting because I knew that I could be a success. It wasn't blind faith. Other people had succeeded. I knew I could do it. I just kept getting up every fucking time I got knocked down. You know why? Because I'd feel less of a man if I didn't. I mean, who gives up in the middle of a fight? I just kept getting up and starting project after project. Luckily, when one of the other businesses I started had failed, I found Dan Kennedy because he was selling his magnetic marketing system. Well, it wasn't enough. It was it was too late to help the, the business that had failed, but I watched how he sold that system to me, and I thought, I'll be damned. I just bought a, a, some mimeographed, some Xeroxed papers in a three-ring binder for $400, and – And I did that by letters she sent me in the mail. This is kind of cool. I figured out, you know, I wonder if I could do that. And that's when I started that bodybuilding business, that self-published manual I told you about. Guess what happened after all those numerous businesses that had failed? Guess what happened with that business? It failed. It was a miserable failure. But I had a gut feeling that I can make that work because there were other people selling products in that market. So I sought out the people who knew how to do it and I tweaked that till it started working. And that was the first real success I had after five years of business failures. And, uh, that, in in basically that business still exists today, um, it was it was rolled into in, into a different business. The, the names changed, but the same business um, uh, is still going today. Still supporting my bad habits of sleeping indoors and eating, and, and still doing quite well. My point to all this is: you don't quit. You don't give up. Failure is part of success. So big deal. So your project failed. You started a website. You started a squeeze page. It failed. Nobody signed up. Nobody bought your doohickey. Big deal. You know, you got a couple choices. You can roll over and piss on yourself, or you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and go at it again. Now, there's a difference between being stupid and being persistent. I think, you know, Internet marketing, direct response marketing, mail order has been proven to work. It works in uh, about a million different niches. So, so there's nothing unproven about that. Um, you know, you don't want to you don't want to continue in something that's that has no chance of success. But as long as you've picked a good market that that is proven to buy those type of products, all you have to do is persevere long enough until you get it right. And that might be a matter of getting the information you need, tweaking a headline there, seeking out people who can tell you what you're doing wrong and how to correct it. But here's the big problem I found why people never get to that point of success. They they don't have the spirit spirit of the warrior. They're not a warrior. You know what they are? They're of those 100 men They're either the 10 that shouldn't even be there, or they're the 80 that are nothing but targets. I got good news for you. I did not start out a warrior. I developed into a warrior, and how I did it was every single time I got knocked down, I got back up and went back at it. You don't lay down in the fight. But what amazes me is most people never get started they got the paralysis of analysis. They quit at the first problem. Well, you know what? You get exactly what you deserve then. If that's what you're going to do, then you're get, your reward is exactly what you deserve, nothing. Um, they're, fail, they're afraid of failure. I just heard this a couple of days ago. Well, you know, I'm afraid to get started because I'm afraid of failure. Guess what? Failure is part of success. Fail fast. The faster you fail, the better, because you can figure out what doesn't work. There's no way of being successful without failure. Uh, you know, you just got to have a little courage. Fear is going to be present whenever you're starting something new like this. You're starting a new business. You're starting a new online site. It's the unknown. It's a little fear, you know? Uh, you know, is this money I'm investing, is it just going to be pissed away, and I'm going to lose my 1000 bucks or whatever? Well... Yeah, it's possible, but uh, you know you can you can experience the fear and move forward and move ahead, or you can let it completely paralyze you. Well, if you let it completely paralyze you, you deserve exactly what you're going to get, which is nothing. So the message is you've got to get started, you've got to start moving forward, and you're going to get knocked down. I guarantee it. You just got to get back up. Very recently. Just within the past few years, uh, I had a blow dealt to me that just came out of nowhere, and I literally was homeless. I was living in my car. <laughs> I was living in flea bag motels. Uh, I, I had basically stopped working in the niche I was working in to, to work with Gary Halbert, and uh, and then that gig ended. So all of a sudden, I didn't have freelance work coming in, and I had neglected my business. And had no money. And the other part about being homeless involves a woman, but we won't go into that. <laughs> you know, uh, I-, I felt defeated, but guess what I did? I got up and started working and moving forward. The, the-, the message is you never give up. You've got to overcome the fear. You have to fail fast. Keep moving forward. There's something, uh, there's something that happens. The universe revol- rewards those who don't quit. And you know what? There are very few of those. It's just like the guy said about the warrior. Out of the hundred, there's one. The guy who doesn't quit. You just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Even when it looks like you're making no progress until you finally, you push through that barrier. You gotta get some brass balls and just never give up there's people on this call who've been to seminars they bought the courses they've never even gotten started on a project i'm telling you you just got to get started moving forward and never give up it's a i don't understand why it works it's take like I said it's taken me 20, almost 20 years to figure this out from my personal experience But it is the truth, the harder you throw the ball against the wall, the harder it bounces back. The bigger the challenges, the bigger your reward. If you're not uh, willing to pay the price and experience the big challenges, the big problems, you are never going to experience the big rewards. These are tried and true principles. The more the man, (laughs) you know, puts his boot on your neck, The stronger the retaliation. Like I said before, I'd like to wind this down. I get a little bit too passionate about this and excuse any bad words that came out. But you don't have to be born a warrior. If you're not a warrior right now, if you've been sitting on your hands and stuck with a paralysis of analysis, it's okay. If you've been sidelined because you had a little failure or life dealt you a blow, I understand I can appreciate that. You've got to get back in the game. You've got to be a warrior. And how you become that warrior who is going to experience the big rewards is by continuing in the fight, no matter what the obstacles. I have never in my life taught something that I've not done. That's why I'm not on this call telling you how to write direct mail controls for Agora and these big companies because you know what I've never done that but right now I'm teaching you the most important thing I've learned in my entire life and it is because I've lived it I've done it and it's a never-ending process you don't get there you don't arrive you don't make it where now all of a sudden you don't have to be a warrior anymore and continue pushing and picking yourself up after failures, it never ends. You just stay in the fight and keep getting up and moving forward, and failure is part of success. Not every new project I start is a success. To be honest with you, in most cases, uh, 7 out of 10 are probably – they just fall flat on their face. But you know what? If I would stop at number five or number six or number seven, I'm not going to get the number eight, which might be the multi-million dollar project that makes me enough money to 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 retire and have a great lifestyle and really never have to work again. So I've I hope I've made that point clear. Um, that is the most important thing you can take away from this call you got to be a warrior and and just keep getting up and moving forward and you know what i wrote an online newsletter about this even if it's only a half hour a day um, I, you, know, you, you, you may still have a job a half hour a day you know what a half hour a day, day you not sitting on your thinking about it or surfing the web i'm talking about a half hour a day uh, doing product research, looking for lists on the SRDS, uh, writing copy, you're in the fight as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and as long as you're in the fight, you're a warrior in my opinion. And as long as you're a warrior and push past all those failures and keep fighting, you will experience the success that you want—it's a universe. It's a principle of the universe. It doesn't fail. It has never failed me before. It will not fail you. Trust me on this. My hand to God. It is true. Thanks, guys, for being on the call. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, I told you I was going to give you a free book, and I am going to give you a free book. Um, it's it's a it's a book I co-author with Dr. Wayne Dyer and Brian Tracy. And, uh, and it has information in this book, exactly what we've just been talking about, how to be a warrior. And how you can get it is go to my website, dobermandan.com forward slash free book, all one word. And uh, there's a form you fill out with your name and address. And uh, I'm going to open that up to everybody who was on this call. Uh, but you'll need to submit that information you know, as soon as you can so I can get that over to the fulfillment company within the next day or two to to have them send you your book. It's called uh, Wake Up, Live the Life uh, You Love and uh, you can get it at DormanDan.com, free book. Uh, One last thing, people have been bugging me about this for years. I'm reluctantly, extremely reluctantly going to do it. Um, I usually don't have time to do one-on-one consultations with people but um, I will offer this to people who have been on the call. Um, I'm going to open up 11 spots for a one hour consultation. And um, the price is $697, payable by check. And the deal is um, you'll need to send me an email immediately to reserve a spot. Uh, you can email me dan at dobermandan.com. Just email me your name and uh, and tell me that you want to reserve one of the one-hour consultation spots. You'll need to do it right away because there's a bunch of people on this call and I'm, I'm cutting it off at 11. I'm not kidding about that. So send me an email, dan at dobermandan.com, telling me you want one of the one-hour spots. Um, at that point, I'll send you an email where to send a check for $697. Here's the deal. Uh, Once I get your check, I will schedule, I'll give you a choice of three different days and times for your one-hour consultation. I will not cash your check until after the consultation. After the one-hour consultation, if you feel that uh, you have not gotten your money's worth, I'll either mail your check back to you or I'll run it through my shredder here and you'll pay nothing. Um, You know, you're going to have to send me some information with your check like information specific about your business, but I'll send you all that information once I get your email. So to reserve one of those spots, uh, send an email uh, right now to dan at com. Thank you for being on the call. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. I appreciate your time, and, uh, and maybe we'll do one of these again real soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The moderator has left the